Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Simple Theology Podcast, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various aspects of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, and I'm the only one doing the intro because classic Simple Theology, we forgot to record the intro after recording the episode. So today we are continuing our march through Philippians. We're looking at a passage in Philippians 3, and we have a special guest on the pod, someone who has already joined us with our series in Philippians, Luke Davis. And so we talk about various things regarding the passage, obviously, but then we also get a little bit into end time stuff, which is always an interesting conversation. So hope you enjoy the episode. monies and went and got food i think one other time we did when at the food truck festival 2019 oh, wow that was a way back yeah listeners were frugal <laughs> we used the money to pay for equipment but every now and then every now we <laughs> every couple years every couple years we get a meal <laughs> yeah but, but we're, we're not alone we are um the no. holy spirit is with us <laughs> Oh, don't get me started. Did not partake, mm. which is okay. I understand his, his rationale. But Luke, you're not a big fan of hot chicken takeover. I'm not, no. You want to give us a if you will brief notice rundown? just quickly. And hot chicken takeover Luke's, corporate. Luke I know is you're not listening. a new voice to, not, to the listeners. He has been on one other episode. Um, That's true. We are talking about, when you were last on, I'm trying to remember what, what our topic was. I think we were talking about Philippians. Philippians Sorry. 1 something. I think, yeah. Yeah. Luke, tell us a little bit, uh, remind the listeners, if you will, just quickly, break down who you are, why you're in this room. I'm a member at Citizens Church. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Good friends with Rob. Yes. We do a lot together on that front. Uh, And sometimes I pop over here to work during the day. Then you get roped into a podcast unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Luke is the reason why things actually happen on Sunday morning. For those who don't know, we're, we don't know exactly what that what that title you name is. You guys aren't exactly trusting the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Holy Spirit sovereignly uses Luke to make sure things get done. Uh, but yeah, okay. So, listeners are aware of Luke. Uh, if you're not, then there's an episode in the past where you can learn a little bit more about Luke. I think he just covered everything he covered then. Mostly. I think yeah. he added a little bit more the last time. Talked about my beautiful wife, I was going to say. And mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, my beautiful uh, daughter. Your beautiful daughter, that's Arizona. Right. Yes, yep. that's right. Yep. Okay, so but I don't like hot chicken. No, yeah, take Back hot to chicken. Take over corporate. Um, Luke's views. I love the purpose not reflect of hot that chicken. of civil theology. <laughs> yeah, I'm ruining your sponsorship chance. I know we were, we had a really big deal in the works that probably just went down the drain. <laughs> I mean, actually, that's that's what we were doing at lunch today. <laughs> big corporate meetup, yeah, you know, exactly at the counter. Hot <laughs> chicken takeover. I uh, will take. We'll take four thighs. <laughs> Warm and uh, sweet tea. <laughs> exactly. It's as far okay. as it went with the sponsorship. What <laughs> verses are we in today? We've been going through Philippians. Yeah. And in large part, just if those who are listening are coming in um, without any background, we've been going passage wait, to wait, passage. Wait. Everyone has Philippians. a everyone has a background and a story. Okay, thanks. Don't just whitewash okay, everyone like okay, that. Okay. okay? Appreciate that, Rick. Thanks. Anyways, um, we have been marching through Philippians, 
and Proclamation Church, mm-hmm. the church that Rick, you're the lead pastor at, is also going through this. You guys are a couple weeks ahead of the program. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, we actually say the, the program's a couple weeks behind. Mm. Okay. <laughs> the, the church, we talk yeah. about that every Sunday, actually. That's right. It's part of the introduction. Guys, exactly. don't you worry. We're still, we are still in first place <laughs> here in the church. Uh, <laughs> still winning that race. So, yes, we are. We are... Um, uh, yeah, it's going well. We are very much enjoying our study through Philippians. I will say uh, the first, I think it's the first week in July, we will be done uh, with our study. So as a podcast, we will be transitioning mm. a few weeks after that into something else. Mm. So, so if listeners have ideas, <laughs> or we might just go into another book. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So but, with that, today like we Revelation, are in... Revelation, you think? Probably so. Revelation? Probably not. No? <laughs> Okay. I feel very ill-equipped Leviticus. to go through Revelation. Leviticus would be my second option. Who, who yes. was it? I don't know if it was Sproul or somebody said that they would rather preach through Revelation or through First John than Revelation. Or no, excuse me, it was flipped. Revelation than First John because First John was so like there's so much there. Yeah. Which hmm. I've, I've I've never viewed First John that way. I know there's a lot there and it's very very mm-hmm. helpful, but Revelation in my mind has always been the hazier and more daunting book to preach yes but i forget who do you know who that was i do who was it you want to share with the listeners and myself <laughs> um i think it was uh dever and lehman we're talking about mark dever john really? we're talking about that and i think part of it is what they're saying was yes first john is complex but um revelation is not nearly as complex as people make it out to be okay once you have a, a more clear understanding of what's happening in revelation it's not nearly as intimidating still very significant but it's not well i need uh, to read the books that they're reading because revelation seems daunting to me yeah starting mid-july on simple theology that's right revelation, that's right. revelation. Hey-o. luke will be walking us seven through bowls, seven <laughs> trumpets and that's seven right. microphones <laughs> <laughs> We'll have guest speakers from all the different like variations and take takes on it. That's it. No, we Jimmy are... representing the Dispies. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> real quick, real quick. This, How, this is such a bad idea. A terrible idea. On my I'm end. sorry about this. But this I, is this is, is great. Rick, real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of end times, what camp would you say you fall in? Don't Ooh. give any explanation. Just say what camp. It's a fun game. The biblical camp. Okay. Tell us more. You want to tell us? I'll stop right there. What do people tend to call your <laughs> biblical camp? Um, so you said not to explain, but I have to give a little bit. You of don't have to. You can just say. No, start you and then explain after. Can just it's say more fun okay. when you explain okay. after. Undecided. Oh my gracious! Oh. Okay, Luke. Well, that's not fair. Well, that's my point. Let me explain. That's probably all of us in here to some degree. Can, can I give can you I my explain? lean? Yeah. Give us your lean. Okay, yeah. So I have, uh, tr- I have mostly been a. Um, Historical premillennialist, yeah, right, and that's what I would I would say trained in. I understood it that way, and I would say I probably still lean that way. Yeah, but okay. I'm not as nearly as tight handed about that, and I'm um, especially now that you're out of the CMA, opened up to all mill more than I was. You big rapture guy? Am I a big if, rapture? If you're guy? historical premill, you wouldn't be. You right? wouldn't be. No, you're, no? you're post. Okay. So, and yeah, that's where I'd be, pretty Luke. much. Thanks for letting me explain. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for breaking the rules on that. Luke? <laughs> I would lean Amil. Okay. Yeah. I don't need explanation. You're right. That's all I've got. I would lean Amil. Give a percentage. Like, are you 70%? Like, I'm pretty much yeah, there? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably like 75%. Okay. I'm pretty confident. Okay. Yeah. So that's more than a lean, to be fair. Okay. I'm well, falling here, for Let me Amil. do this. Let me do this. You're I would in, lean Amil. If there was going to be another, it would be historical pre-mill. Yeah. I, it's hard for me to get to... to 
the dispensational pre-mill, it's yeah. really hard for me to get to post-mill. Yeah. That's you basically Dougie's there. You guys can get there. Well, I was going to say, you basically described my position. I'd probably flip the last two, though. Like, if oh, I were to go in order, probably wow. that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Do you hate me for going to DTS? No, not at all. I, DTS is great. It school. sounds like you do. <laughs> Rob's like the last stop of my <laughs> ever is dispensationalist. <laughs> Those dirty. <laughs> no, DTS is great. I just I disagree with their dispensationalism, but um if i were to go pre-mill then it's, i'm gonna go the historical route that's yeah. why i say that like the the other route no but he said you're saying that you go you would go this is like so far above oh, no. like oh, no. but you're saying you would go post mill post mill before you go disp pre-mill probably that's why i've heard some good some good arguments on it so i'm, I'm not there like i said it's it would be third on the list <laughs> but yeah i probably there's there's the um it's the old joke like we all hope that in one sense, like Christ comes before the tribulation mm-hmm. or like we all hope that we're post mill. Like we hope Christ just like, it just gets better and better. Yeah. But we have all these ideas about like how we think it's just going to get worse. <laughs> it's yeah. just going to get worse. There's no way yeah. it's getting better until like he returns. Yeah. But how that, that question, you ask one question and like all these different ideas and positions uh-huh. come up and all these books and all this stuff is written about it. But if we turn to Philippians chapter 3, That's verses right. 1 Ooh. through 9, which I will argue, as, as I preach this text, is primarily about us fixing our eyes on Christ, as he is sufficient for all things and protects his church. So with that, Rob, if you will read the first three verses. I don't good? know what's going on outside. There's Someone's... construction out there. I don't know if the listeners can hear that. They probably can. I mean, if, oh, the yeah, last yeah. episode, I, I listened true. a little bit. Nice. Rich messing with the mic. I asked you if you could hear the yeah. music from the convention in the background. Yeah. I listened to the episode to see if I could hear it. And dude, clear as day. It's it's in there. You heard it. Oh, yeah. I, I did not. Yeah. Yep, you heard hearing. Anyways, here we go. First three I verses. I legit am, though, actually. You're wanting us to break this up into sections, not read the whole thing at once? That was your... No. You said we were all going to read three verses? No, I didn't say that. I said we could did all explain... Yeah, he wanted to prep for three verses. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. How do you, I wasn't listening. How do you want to do this? Listeners, this is a peek behind the curtain. Do you want to read all nine verses? Read all nine verses. Okay. There it is. All right. Good thing I did some push-ups. Here we go. Chapter three, verse one. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You've done that a few times, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. I was just, you know catechizing people thank you <clears throat> thank you 
So, right, so where are we going okay, so here? Rick, yeah, Rick, you preached you preached on this. Yep, sure um, did. And so you already have kind of like the the main thrust of the passage, mm. um, and you've got how many points? Three points. You are a Baptist. Good job. Mm. You just I need almost to make have alliteration. I was going to ask if you did almost, but I I didn't. I couldn't. Same starting letter at least. Uh, two of the three. Oh, okay, so, so almost alliteration. Almost, a, almost is alliteration a just same starting letter? What's yeah. that mean? Well, I think it's actually it's sound the same. Yeah, I think it's technically the same sound. Yeah. Um, so like F F P H would still be essentially alliteration. Ah, okay. Good. That's helpful. I think any grammar. So what are your points that aren't alliteration? <laughs> well, before that, what, what's your main point? What's the main point of the passage? Give it to us now. Go. Yeah. Uh, I would like just to say it and. Uh... <laughs> Everything. <laughs> you can't I get mean, a straight answer. This guy. this guy. Do you guys listen to Bible Talk? He said, can't, I'm you undecided. Can't. You I'm can't. undecided. Do you guys listen What's to that? Bible Talk? It's another podcast. You Listeners, can't. if you are looking for another podcast, of course, we're not telling you to go away from simple theology. <laughs> now, don't but if you're looking for another up. podcast, that's basically this, but perhaps, maybe, better. Aren't mm-hmm. they in the Old Testament right now in Bible Talk? Yeah. yeah. Um, Bible Talk. Bible we're going talk. through Genesis and Exodus. Um, I don't think... They've gotten past Exodus right now, but tremendous, really well done. Um, but there's a thing that's really funny because the main guy will ask questions. Alex Duke, he'll ask um, Jim Hamilton and Sam Mahdi these questions. And each time they'll say, well, if I might add, <laughs> and they add something before. And eventually he was like, we just need to retitle the podcast, <laughs> if I might add. <laughs> and so eventually Rick is going to get to a point where he gets into these phrases that he says before actually answering the question. Yes. I'll just rename the podcast that once we figure out that phrase is. But Rick. <laughs> I do need a phrase. That'd be good. I know that you're not going to give us the main point right That's now. Right. That's right. Say what so, you're going to say and then give us the main yeah, point. Yeah, so the, the couple things, because I want, I want to kind of give a little context here. Okay. All right. So as we get into the to verse one of chapter three, um, he's, he begins with, in addition, my brothers and sisters rejoice in the Lord. And so this picks up the theme that he left off um, in, I think it's verses 17 and 18 of chapter two. We're talking about rejoicing. Let me okay. get back to my um, verse seventeen. Yeah. But I'm, verse seventeen. But if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. So he has the travel log portion we talked about last week, and he picks it back up in verse one. In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Trying to again. About this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. So he, he's kind of picking up that theme again of rejoice in the Lord. And so as he gets into the text, the sermon title is Fix Your Eyes on Christ Alone. And my argument is that he argues that we should rejoice um, because God has done great things. So he connects kind of what he's talking about prior in chapter 2. That's your first point? Rejoice. Okay. God has done great things. Reject false teachers, and false pride. And then, you guys ready for the third R? It's heard, not going to come. I say, we're not getting that. <laughs> consider Christ above all things. Okay, reject, consider, or rejoice, reject, consider. Yeah, rejoice, reject, consider. So it gives us this idea of, of rejoice. Um, we're to be a rejoicing people. Um, we're to celebrate what um, Paul has has given, and then what Epaphroditus, he, he then lays out his service. Um, he even says in chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Yeah. Um, so he's he's hammering something home here, and he he knows, he says it directly, like uh, to say this again, to remind you of this, to mention it again, 
is a good thing for you. Yeah. He's hammering it home because he's helping the church, again, not focus on his situation. He's in prison. Not focus on the situation that, that man, maybe Paul's never going to come and visit us. Timothy's not even coming yet. Epaphroditus almost died. He survived. He's coming. He's saying, don't worry about all those things. Rejoice in the Lord. Hmm. Think about what Christ has done for you and begin to rejoice. He then goes into this address um, with false teachers and evil workers. No. Are you, are you moving past verse 3? Because if so, I want, I want to pause. No. Okay, keep going. Verse 2. I'm going into verse 2. Okay, great. So this idea of reject false teachers and false pride. So we're to rejoice because God has done great things. He reminds them what he's done. He's talking, uh, in addition, the travelogue. Think about all those things. Rejoice. God has done great things. Then he goes into verse 2, talking about false teachers. Works through the false teachers and then the pride, which I put those as one point, kind of reject these things, false teachers and false pride. So Paul then talks about his own pride, right? Why he, of, of all the people in the world who should take pride or, or some kind of identity in who they are, their lineage, their training, all these things, he, above all people, should take pride in that. He's saying, no, like, it's nothing. Reject false pride. Okay. So, okay. now, now you're, you're in, past verse yeah, four. Yeah, now you're in verse four. So, Preach. before I, you get there. I was giving the whole, sorry, Rob. You gave the whole sermon. The whole point there. The whole points there. I'm sorry. You gave the first and second point. You didn't give the consider. Cool. Yeah, okay. that's true. Um, could you draw this out on the whiteboard and then maybe we can know what we're doing here? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Luke, yeah, well, I want to go over to you. First three verses there. Things that popped out, things that you would want to comment on. That outline is really good. I like it. Um, it's interesting. Your points, I feel like, even flipped around. Like when you reject false teachers and false pride and you consider, which we'll get to later, and then maybe it's it allows you to rejoice in a way that you wouldn't if you didn't do the first two things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A um, few things that stand out for me in these first couple of verses. Um, the first is verse 3. He says, For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and the glory in Christ Jesus, in glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh. It's just really cool, I think. This is why a good a good study Bible is helpful. I have one pulled up on my computer here, and when I click the little footnote, this phrase, we who worship by the Spirit of God, that's a promise that, that Christ gave uh, the woman at the well. Hmm. He says to her in John chapter 4, 21, um, this, he's having what is a strongly worded discussion with her, right? And he says to her, or let me give it more context. The woman says to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is a place where, where people ought to worship. So she's saying, well, you worship here. We worship here. She's all these distinctions. And Jesus says to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, will you worship the father? You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers, worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth Hmm. for the father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so Paul is kind of picking up on this idea. Like, hey, we now worship Mm -hmm. by the spirit of God. And because of that, we put no confidence in our flesh. So just a cool little, little thread that when you start tugging on it, you get to a different part 
yeah. of the scriptures. Yeah, that's good. Picking up on another thread there, um, we are the circumcision, those who by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. So that exact phrase that you're talking about, the we are the circumcision, um, pulls out Romans 2.29, which says, but a Jew is one inwardly. And circumcision, Paul's saying we are the circumcision, and now he says in Romans, circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. And so as Paul talks about those who are still endorsing physical circumcision as a means of being um, reconciled to God, and he says, he calls them dogs. He says, look out for the dogs. Look out for evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh, the mutilation of the flesh. Circumcision. circumcision. And so he's, he's pointing out to them that those who are claiming to be right with God because they have this outward sign of circumcision, in fact, are not the righteous, those who have been clothed in Christ's righteousness. Those are evil doers. They mutilate the flesh. They're depending on their outward acts, their outward signs for to be right with with God. And yeah. so he, he calls them dogs. He calls them evildoers, which is which is interesting considering before that, before Christ, mm-hmm. it was outward works. And the the term him using the term dogs, so false a lot of these false teachers would have been Jewish, right? In the Jewish derogatory term one of the ones they had for Gentiles, like to be derogatory and demean the de- the Gentiles was to call them dogs. Mm-hmm. So and so he's using their language, yeah. right? And like and he, he does this, and this is the irony of him listing out, like, then all of his credentials, is he's writing, he's addressing the church in Philippi about these Jews who are propagating false teaching. And he's saying, listen, to those Jews, right, listen, in their circles, in their courts, I was better than all of them. Mm-hmm. I was way better than all of them. They're dogs. Yeah. I've been there, done that. They're dogs. Yeah. Listen to me, and then and then he maps all that out and deals with like uh, the falseness of having any kind of pride in our in our flesh and what we want to do. So here's a question for you guys: uh, For today and age, like people aren't you know really battling out the circumcision argument anymore to much degree. <laughs> but what are some of the things that like people are um, tempted to put confidence in the flesh with? Or by, oh, church attendance, church service. Um, I mean, even like doing your devotions in the morning, like, oh yeah, I read my Bible, therefore I'm right with God, or I prayed, therefore I'm right with God. Um, say community service. I mean, that's within Christian circles, but yeah. you get out of that, you could say philanthropic work. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done all kinds of research in particular field of study. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think fill in the blank, whatever is is the outward thing, the outward religious activity, whether it has to do with Christianity or not, mm-hmm. that people put their trust in as opposed to, or put their worship, the way that they worship. Mm-hmm. I think outside of Christianity, I think philanthropic work is a big one. I think um, identification with mm-hmm. a movement or virtue a person signaling. or yeah. virtue signaling, yeah. things like that. I think you see it a ton in today's society. Um all of which is is parallel to the circumcision idea. Yeah. It's mutilation. It's not. It's not helpful. I mean, it's helpful, but it's not helpful as far as being made right, being made right with God or worshiping yeah. Him. Yeah. Amen. All right. I'm yeah. going to read the next um, two or three verses, four, five, six. Any other comments on one through three before I do that? Well, I was just going to ask another question. Keep going. 
Well, I, I'll just add to those. I think that in the church we see the issue of communion and baptism being two things that are held up as um, signals of salvation that are not signals of salvation. They are affirmations so in, the, okay, in the yeah. church, right? Okay. So if you are, we would say if, if you have truly repented and show signs of regeneration, then those are ordinances that you are should partake of and have the full privilege to, but those don't confirm or... Um, um, impute anything to so you. So you wouldn't affirm baptismal regeneration? Correct. Church of Christ. Right. Yeah, okay. Or even in Catholicism, yeah. where they say you yeah. partake of this ordinance to be saved. So here's my question to you guys. This is a little bit more personal. Do you feel like you struggle? Is there something that you you find yourself tending to put a little bit of like, man, I think I, I think I can hang my hat on that a little bit as far as my Christianity. I, I think that um, and, and it could be one of those things where you don't, you can't put it like to words right away, but it's like, man, I, that kind of puts me, I feel like this kind of puts me in better standing with God or I don't know. Does that make sense? Well, I feel like it's easy just For, as, a, as a pastor mm-hmm. to be like, oh yeah, of course you're, you're a pastor. You know what I mean? Like your flesh yeah. can say that when in reality that it bears very little, yeah. if any, you know yeah. what I mean? Like Lord willing, there aren't pastors out there, but we know that there are, there are pa- people who call themselves pastors who are not right with God. Mm-hmm. And so, but in, in the flesh, it's easy to say like, yeah, of course you're, God, you're a pastor. And you feel like that for for you, that's your... It can. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying it's, it's I'm not saying I'm it's like my hat on. Yeah. Bear it all out. <laughs> well, no, not <laughs> for the world. Trying to do that. I'm just saying there, there are times in the flesh where you can feel like, oh yeah. man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. I, okay. I think personally, I start to conflate the difference between positional holiness, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I am made right with God by what Christ did on the cross. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. Okay. So positionally, I am righteous before God, but yet I'm still striving to become more righteous yep. and more holy. And yes. So this sanctification process, oftentimes the thing that I'm, the things that I'm striving to kill in my life, the sins that I'm striving to kill, sin habits, the tendencies, when I'm doing better at those things, mm-hmm. I feel like my positional holiness. I feel more confident in it mm-hmm. when I'm not doing as well at those things. Um, and I'm, I'm maybe losing a battle to sin or I am, uh, sinning more often or some tendencies are coming up that need to be killed. And I'm noticing those things. I tend to have, have less confidence in my positional holiness, but mm. it doesn't change it. Yeah. Right. Correct. Um, and so I think that is a subtle way for, yeah. for Christians that we can start to lean more on what Paul's talking about here, this, this more outward this more outward way of worship mm-hmm. that isn't actually worship. Yeah. No, that's very good. Yeah, it's good. Okay, let me read these next few verses and recommend go to you first. So, verse four, though I myself, this is Paul speaking, have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Mm. Rick. Yeah. Oh, my take? Yeah, what you got on that? So, and remind me, you just picked up and you read seven through... No, I read four through six. Four through six, sorry. So, again, I just touched on this, but like he's listing a pedigree that would have been envied by any of the Jews. Yep. And especially the Pharisees. I mean, like if there was like the 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 man, right? He was it. And so 
when he's saying, like he's listing all these things out, these are all reasons um, that m- most people, especially in that day and age, especially, again, the false teachers, okay. they would have said had reason for confidence. And the interesting thing is we get into the next passage, he talks about um, rejecting all of that, right? But before he talks about, before he says like, hey, I reject all that, he's just listing out all the things that he's done. One of the interesting things when he says, uh, you know, um, a Hebrew of Hebrews, right? So um, as I was doing a little bit of preparation for this, talks about how the, the tribe of Benjamin was one of, one of the only tribes that did not rebel against the house of David. And so, even in that, there's the symbolism of that, and they have always been in God, like God's people. Yep. Right? So, as a Jew, like, he would have been in that tribe that was just the most faithful, the most consistent. Like, if there was a tribe that was, like, God's favorite, like, God's people, man, Paul was in that tribe. And and I think for us, it's just a way of saying, like, no matter what your pedigree, like what your education level, what your intellect, wherever your background, um, you know, it doesn't matter that you grew up in the church or that you were a missionary kid or that, you know, you're, you're, you, you now have a PhD in five different things or that you have, you know, taught at this seminary or whatever it is. It doesn't, it does not matter. Yeah. None of those things are things that you should take any kind of stock in. Those are all things that you're putting false pride in. Uh, and so, as believers, we 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 work in the world. We we transact among the world. And so, you, your education, your level of status, all those things come into play. And he's just saying, "Listen, again, later in the passage, like can consider it nothing, because it it doesn't matter. It as you said, none of those things put you back in right standing with the Lord." Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke. Yeah, I would agree. I think. This is interesting because Paul here is, he's combating more of the puffed up mm-hmm. idea of, well, I have all of these things like here, Lord, when, when I'm on the final day and I come to yeah. the Lord on judgment, I get to sprawl out all of these accomplishments mm-hmm. here, Lord, look at all the things I've done. This is why I deserve what I, you know, deserve what I think I deserve. Uh, it's interesting because that's not always the reaction, like that's not always people's um, belief, like, mm-hmm. like Ephesians two says that we're dead, yeah. right? So we're all in a six foot hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. The problem is some of us don't think we're in a hole. Yeah. Some of us think we can climb out of the hole. That's what Paul is combating here. Yeah. Some of us don't think we deserve to climb out of the hole. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, he combats different things in different places, obviously, but here it's this idea of, no, I deserve blank. Mm-hmm. I have earned blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are different times in life or different people that would maybe fall into different categories. I deserve this or maybe I don't deserve this. Or yeah. you just are ignorant to the fact that you're in the hole yeah. altogether. Um, so it's interesting what he's combating here. Even when he talks about persecuting the church, which we would say, mm. well, Paul was such a, you know, he was so lost before he even persecuted the church. No, Paul's listing that as one of the good things on his resume. <laughs> yeah, here. right. He's I, like, was I was so zealous. Yeah. Uh-huh. I used to persecute the church, and we're, yeah. like, that's absurd. You know. Yeah. But he he does. He has the resume to be all resumes, mm-hmm. and yet it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Did you um, read anything on like the eighth day, being circumcised on the eighth day? I'm looking at ESV that, study Bible here. I mean, that's that was that was the that was the law. Yeah, like, Leviticus so twelve it, it, three. He wasn't like that's his point. Like he didn't get like 
he didn't convert. He didn't like find it later in life. Like yep. if there was like a Z way to do it, he did it. Even when he had no control over it. Yep. I All mean, it's entirely up to your parents. And that's the, that's the thing. Like that's another, one of the most bizarre things. Like we take, like we take pride in things we had no control over. Yes. Like the guys who walk around who are 6'4 or 6'7, they're like, oh man, I'm an amazing basketball player. Well, duh, you are. You're 6'7. Yeah. Yep. Or, or, you know, I'm saying like, they're like just crazy intellect. Like, well, yeah, like you are groomed in this environment. Of Families course you're born you into. Yeah. Right. Or the countries you're born yeah. into. Like all that stuff. Like you have no right to take pride in that. But people, you know, and he's just saying like, listen, all these things that our hearts are bent towards taking pride in or putting our, our identity in. And again, like you can hear him, you can just hear the, the church in Philippi just saying, hey, so-and-so, like this guy, and, and here's his story, and he told us we need to do this, and here's, and he, he gave his credentials. And just, like, credentials are nothing. Hmm. They're nothing. Yeah. And as believers, like we, we, I mean, as as men who study the Word, we value education, we love it. I think it's a great gift. I am not, uh, I'm not what I would consider, like, amazingly intellectual or academic, but I enjoy reading and studying. I think we should all give ourselves to that. Yeah. So we we value that. But at the end of the day, it we're not going to say, man, you can only be a, a pastor if you have a PhD. Yeah. Or you can you can only be used by God if you get that MDiv, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. It's like no, like the the Lord has has shown us that to put our our confidence in that is foolishness. That's yeah, foolishness. Yeah, that's good. I mean, he even goes on to say that he was a member of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Um, which Acts twenty six five talks about it, how he was the strictest yep, party. Absolutely, when it came to um, they were abiding the, the disciplined. The yeah, extremely. Yeah. Um, the ESV Study Bible even makes the connection of him probably thinking when when he talks about persecuting the church, they say he probably had thought of himself as following in the footsteps of Phineas and Elijah, mm-hmm. uh, whereas uh, Phineas in Numbers twenty five. 11 reads that Phineas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, has turned back my wrath from the people of Israel, and that he was jealous with my jealousy among them, so that I did not consume the people of Israel in my jealousy. Mm-hmm. And then Elijah, we obviously know about him being jealous for the Lord and going yeah. up against the prophets of Baal. And so Paul may have even considered himself like, oh, you know what? I know the Old Testament. I know Elijah was really jealous for yeah. God's glory and against false prophets. Against, yep, exactly. He probably thought this Jesus character is false prophet and I'm going to be which is just as a point of application like what what areas in our own lives or in the church are we thinking that we're doing something righteous that really we're just inheriting some sort of church cultural norm mm-hmm. you know we think we're doing yeah. something so righteous and when, if we would actually step back we might go is this actually how the Lord sees this situation or am I just operating out of this, this weird yeah. norm that I've been, been, you know, steeping in for the mm-hmm. last however many years. Yep. I mean, it's also just helpful to have a posture of humility. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't mean to be a pushover, but right. to, to be able to be humbly rooted or to have um, a posture of humble conviction. Um, mm-hmm. I think mean, there, there are ministries out there that I agree a lot with what they say. But I hate the way they say it. Yeah, yeah. and people will be like, "Oh, well, it, what, what does that make? It's like, is kindness like the eleventh commandment or something like that?" And I'm trying to, we're trying to be truthful here. We're trying to defend yeah. what what the word says, and it's like, no. But kindness is a fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Gentleness is a fruit of the spirit. And so, even yeah. as you speak truth, even at even some of these organizations that I agree with, 
yeah. in a lot of ways. I cringe at the way they say things mm-hmm. because it does not reflect the fruit of the Spirit. I, I think it's also, we've mentioned this before, but um, for the most part, you see outside of when Christ returns, the second advent, you see Christ being um, hostile and aggressive towards Pharisaical teachers. Those who say they know the know God, or know the way, but yet are deceiving. Mm. To almost all of the unbelievers, I mean, he, you know, he's not like um, laying down the red carpet by any means, but he's compassionate. So it, I think for us as believers, we need to, to learn from that as well. Okay. Any other more comments on four, five, and six? I'm getting ready to read seven through nine. Okay, here we go. Point, point of order? Point of order. Um, verse seven. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Rick. Yes. What do you got on that? <laughs> so, again, my point on the sermon, just consider Christ above all things. And this flows directly out of Paul, again, listed all that stuff. And then he says, cons- but everything he gained, everything that was like, I did that, I've done that, he just considered it a loss uh, because of Christ. And then he, he kind of compounds that and says, more than that, I also consider everything a loss, right? And so when when Paul talks about um, his trials in, in like 2 Corinthians 11, right? He's not just having a pity party where he's talking about being shipwrecked and in prison and beaten and all these things. He considered all those things truly to be nothing, to gain Christ. It's important when we, when we understand that, that Paul, what he walked away from when Christ very dramatically, very purposefully saved him on the road to Damascus, and he, at that moment, walked away from all of his positions of power, all of his positions of authority, of all the, the people who loved him, all those things. He didn't then walk in and become the head honcho, right, of the church. Yeah. It took years for him to be accepted by the church. Yeah. And so he, he literally considered, all that stuff's fine. It's for Christ. And so, in our own lives, putting that in perspective of saying, yeah, if, I mean, if the Lord wants to take my job, if he wants to take all my connections— everything mm-hmm. and i know him more because of that by all means that's a gain yeah that's a work of the holy spirit gain. yeah that's a work of the holy spirit yeah and that's continuous i mean that is that's right you were reading now i was like man that's convicting right mm-hmm. can i could i sit here and honestly say that i count everything as law as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing christ mm-hmm. that's hard that's yeah. hard that's a hard thing to say yeah thumbs up i agree with yeah. that i agree with it mm-hmm. but to truly for my heart to truly assent to that mm-hmm. idea that is a very very difficult thing to do yeah it does it takes the work of the of the lord the work of the lord can't do it on your own no, to, no to doubt to say like at, to say all those things and say yeah i'm i'm satisfied in christ yeah like i'm he's good he's enough absolutely and so with that understanding that it is a work of the holy spirit and cannot be done alone what are some ways to fan that flame I think you have to be speaking. intentional. I, I personally have walked through this recently um, around this idea of contentment. Yeah. Um, kind of have fall. I had fallen into 
And my wife and I both, we agreed we'd fallen into this pattern of always putting our hope in whatever the next big thing on the horizon is. Mm. So right now we live in an apartment and we want to get a house. Or when the baby was coming, it was, well, when the baby gets here, everything will be different. Or when we get a house, everything will be different. Like you always are, mm-hmm. well, that if I could just get to that vacation. And, yeah. and you start to put so much of your contentment and your joy, your ability to rejoice in whatever the future thing is. Yeah. And realizing that that we had no contentment. We were bitter. We were frustrated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, realizing, no, 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 like, we need to get back to the basics. And so for mm-hmm. us, it was intentionally praying God's will over our day. Yeah. Like, just starting with, Lord, can I truly get myself, my heart, to say, whatever your will for this day is, whatever your will for this Target run is. Like, yeah. if I'm walking through Target and yeah. I've got to be home and someone's, someone sparks up a conversation, usually my reaction is like, sorry, see ya. But it's like, no, no, no. What's God's will for this Target run? Do I need to be talking to this person? Yeah. And it's going to make me maybe uncomfortable. It's going to take me outside of my my normal daily schedule. But even just as far as what are some some simple things, I think just praying God's will over your day and over your actions and over whatever you're stepping into mm-hmm. will allow you to prepare your heart to um, count whatever you are about to do as loss if if you get to experience uh, a Jesus moment, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a really good good practical thing that I've been working on. Yeah, praise mm-hmm. God. Yeah, that's really good. Appreciate that, Luke. I think for me, um, just like in leadership and in church leadership, church planting, you you are just so tempted to say, man, if we just had just a few more people to give, if we just had yeah. a few more people who could really lead music or or really do this thing well or do that thing well, like I, I, then we would be in a position to like grow and, and it's like, man, like you're literally putting your hope in these like just stupid things. Like this is this is Christ Church been around for a couple thousand years. <laughs> He's done a pretty good job of sustaining it. And I'm over here like, yeah, if I could just get a few more dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. no. Um so not to say that it's wrong to have a few more dollars or, or any of those things, but to put your hope in to, to say yeah, like I mean that's going to be the answer for for me. And so for yeah. my heart, just to, to remind myself that um, Paul did not write to the church in Philippi and say, listen, you need to find enough people to fund you, and then you need to find a good marketing team, you need to have a good uh, assimilation crew, and a, a dynamic worship leader. He said, look to Christ, fix your eyes on Christ, everything else is dung, it's yeah. manure. Yeah, yeah. Any other words for that? That's it. Oh, okay. Manure. Well, <laughs> you, you, ma- started, <laughs> you started seen, using other words. Have you guys seen... I was curious. There was a couple of other words floating around, but I didn't throw... Um, have you guys seen that Seinfeld episode where... It's several episodes where uh, George like is talking about the word manure. He's like, the word manure. It's good. It just doesn't get enough like attention, but it's a good word. You guys seen yeah, that? I love George. I'm mm. sure I've seen it. I've manure. Been, I've watched through Seinfeld, but anyway, I don't remember that episode anyway, in particular. Anyway, it's good. Yeah. Um, your, your thoughts, Rob, on that application? Yeah, as, I, as you guys were talking, one of the things that just came to mind was just taking just an inventory of, of the ways in which God has blessed you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Being That's able really to good. say, you know what? Like, I know who the giver of these good gifts is. 
if you just look at the blessings and it's not sufficient, but if you look at it and then see, man, the Lord cares for me enough to give me food today, mm. enough to give me functional lungs, yeah. enough to have arms that can move and fingers that have the ability to pick things up. Yeah. Like little things like that. Eyes that see. Like yeah. I, it's little things like that where you just start to realize, man, knowing who the good giver of these good gifts, yeah. know, knowing who that is, is, is a wonderful thing. Yeah. And it makes you enjoy those things to a higher degree than what mm-hmm. you otherwise would have been able to. Yeah. Amen. Let me yeah. share a quote real quick. Yeah. Let me think of it. This is not off the top of my head, by the way, I'm reading it. (laughs) Uh, J.R. Packer says this. He says, the meaning of he will give us all things can be put this way, that one day we shall see nothing, literally nothing, which could have increased our eternal happiness has been denied from us. Wow. Amen. Which is powerful. Can you read that one more time? a good perspective. This is an audio medium. (laughs) All right, everybody. Can you you sign that for us? Do you see that up on the bulletin? You guys have show notes? You need some show notes. We do, actually. uh, They're not very detailed. (laughs) These are the show notes right here. Can you just say that again? (laughs) Everyone grab your pen. Got it. Okay. Ready? Uh, He says, the meaning of he will give us all things can be put this, that one day we shall see that nothing, literally nothing, which could have increased our eternal happiness has been denied to us. And I think if Paul were to, to riff on that, he would probably say something like he does here in verses seven and eight, which is that anything that allows him to understand the worth of Christ at a greater depth, even if it's losing something else in this world is worth it. Hmm. And that perspective is, is very, very powerful. Yeah. So we are, we're over 45 minutes and we still have a couple verses to go and they're, they're important verses. So I don't want to cut this short. So in a condensed and um, clear way, let's talk about verses eight and nine. So eight, where are we here? I see seven. Oh, there's eight. Okay. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be, so this is primarily verse nine here, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So I said verses eight and nine. I mean, verse nine. Let's talk about verse nine in closing, because this is a big verse. Rick. Yeah. So, I I mean, he just, he summarizes all of his argument here. Um, that, again, having a righteousness not based on his work, his merit, his lineage, his parents, his baptism, but rather having a faith that is based um, on what Christ has done, the righteousness of God, you know, all through faith. His, his faith, again, is in the work of Christ, and then that has been imputed to him. So when the church is reading this, there's a direct connection my righteousness is not from circumcision. It's not from the work of the flesh. It's not from um, the law. As you, as you referenced Romans 2, talk, Romans 2.25, or talks about like, if you're going to follow the law, you have to follow all of it. Yeah. You break one part, you've broken all of it. Yeah. And so this idea that your righteousness must come from Christ, not having a righteousness of your own. It is also 
by doing that, denouncing anyone who would say, no, but I'm a good person. No, like your good person, this doesn't qualify. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, you're, you're sinful and wicked. Yeah. Romans 3, right? we all fall short. You, your own righteousness, not only does it leave you short of the standard, it actually just, by you putting it up there as, as kind of your ticket or holding it up as a righteousness, shows where you're putting your pride and your, your security. Well, yeah, just, I mean, it, it then amplifies your depravity. It amplifies the transgression because one, you've transgressed and you fall short. Mm-hmm. But then to take your your resume, your pedigree that is not sufficient and presume that it is and put yeah. it up there and say, this is enough, it just amplifies. There's there's another transgression. Yep. <laughs> you're trying uh, you again, again by works. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you're even more sinful than what you were before. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, this is this is the great exchange, right? Yeah. Our mm-hmm. our sin in exchange for Christ's righteousness on the cross, and that I think is is what's what he's talking about here. Yeah, Christ has given us His righteousness for in exchange for our sin, yeah. and that is the position that we hold before God, and it's from God. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard I've heard some say that the the beauty of the gospel um, can be found in union with christ they talk about ephesians 1 ephesians Mm -hmm. 2 and how union with christ is the big thing because the law was never able to save it exposed sin and so therefore everyone who has sinned which is everyone who's ever um, been born aside from christ Mm -hmm. is justly under god's punishment because the law reveals that it shows you have you have not fulfilled what god has required yeah and so to be unified with the one who has mm-hmm. the one person who mm-hmm. has upheld the law the one person who has the righteousness required to enter into the presence of god to be unified with him and to be found in him is the beauty of the gospel mm-hmm. the only way we can enter into the presence of god is if we are found inside the one who has earned that standing through his own perfect righteousness because psalm 5 4 i believe says that no sin can dwell with god Mm. and so if there's any sin even one it can't dwell with god and the only one who does not have any sin christ is the only one who can enter into that presence and so in order to enter into that presence with god god the father we must be found inside the one who has no sin beauty the gospel amen yeah i would say that and with that I would agree. June just walked in. June, welcome to the podcast. Hi, June. You no, good. Have good, a man. seat, brother. We're wrapping I, up. Take a seat. Rob just crushed it with his explanation there of verse 9. I don't know about that, but anyways, is there anything else to say on this passage? I think that's great. 3, 1 through 9. I'll just add as we close, it was a beautiful thing like God's sovereignty over this. After we, we preached that passage and then we had a, a baptism that day and the guy was sharing his testimony, talked about like grew up in a good family was always moral went to a christian like just everything like was right but he was lost and yeah. putting his hope in the wrong things and it's like man like we had mapped this out months in advance and this just happened to be when it worked out to be like and so everything you, you teach and you preach and then you have someone's like yep that was me yeah like let me tell you yeah. my story about that it was really really cool praise god awesome. praise god luke thanks for hopping in with us hey yeah, man. Fun, guys appreciate yeah. it yeah tune in again. in a couple weeks and we'll have june in with us hey what so, up? We've now spoken into existence. There we go. Peace out. Peace.